Welcome back to the basement, everyone. You are now tuned in to Chunky Glasses, the podcast. I am your host, Kevin, as usual, and as usual. Uh, to our new listeners, uh, welcome. Thank you for choosing to take this little adventure with us for the next hour or so. Uh, get comfortable. Maybe grab a beverage. You know, Just relax. Settle in. Uh, to our returning listeners, again, we thank you for returning. And uh, you guys know where everything is, so just grab a seat and let's get going on this. Uh, this week, we actually have a really great podcast for you. Have been shying away from the interviews for a little while, but now we are back with them. And it is a, a super groovy one. Sarah Curtin. Should be a name familiar to anyone living in or around the D.C. area or uh, just a general lover of music. She is a singer, a songwriter, a producer, a lover of cats, and a generally awesome human. Uh, the list just goes on and on. As one half of the sweater set, Curtin and her friend Maureen Andery have been wowing uh, audiences with their harmony and their uh, their insightful lyrics and, and charm for uh, almost seven years. They have four albums out uh, as the sweater set. Back in 2010, Curtin put out her first solo album, which was Flyer and Keeper. Uh, now she is back with her second solo album. The name of that album is Michigan Lilium. Uh, a little spoiler, uh, but we're going to talk about this in the podcast. It's pretty great. Uh, it's going to come out on July 24th, so even if you don't listen to this, you should just go out and buy that album when it comes out. Uh, before then, though, she's going to be celebrating uh, the album in a series of release shows. The first one is coming up this Friday if you are in New York City at Rockwood Music Hall. Uh, that show is free, so you really have no excuse not to go see her. Uh, after that, she's going to follow it up with the show at the Rock and Roll Hotel right here in Washington, D.C. Uh, with her friends and our friends, North Country and Stranger in the Alps. So both also veterans of this podcast. Uh, that show is going, as is the show in New York, going to be awesome. So I don't know if you're a traveling type, maybe go see her at both. Um, basically, since all this was going on, the album's coming out. Uh, reached out, said, hey, uh, maybe you want to talk about this? said, yeah, paid us a visit, uh, had a really nice afternoon sipping on some lemonade and uh, sort of seeing if Gus the Cat would come out. Another spoiler, he did, uh, talking about uh, the new album, talking about just life uh, as a musician in D.C. and outside of D.C. and just a, being a musician in the modern world and a little bit about the death of our uh, one of our uh, – local bands here that we were at the show the night before, uh, Type Fighter. Uh, so they called it quits, and so we, we sort of shared some thoughts on that. Uh, rest in peace, Type Fighter. Uh, we love you. Come back soon, I guess. Um, so that's about it for the upfront of this. We're going to check in at the back end, see how you're doing, see how you enjoyed it. But for now, uh, I hope you're ready for a wonderful conversation for with a wonderful musician and human. Uh, so here we go. It's episode 124 of Chunky Lasses, the podcast, with our special guest, Sarah Curtin. It happens here, and it finishes here. Two men enter, one man Nearly a two-word review is just a shit sandwich. That right there is a logical power.
Worldwide. But maybe it's not a box you check at cdbaby.com slash, you know, Canada. (laughs) (laughs) They do everything else better, so I don't don't know why they wouldn't do that. Um, So if you're ready, we can get going. Um, Yeah, let's do it. Sarah Curtin, welcome to the basement. I'm glad. That, thank you for coming early. Oh, was uh, I early? Well, a, a couple of days early. Oh, we've had oh, a lot sure. of schedule mix-ups. Sure. We, we actually had this huge. Uh, uh, are you a Grateful Dead fan at all? I was raised by a huge Grateful okay, Dead then. fan. Okay, then. So we had this huge. You know about the thing that just happened, of, of course. And we had this huge uh, podcast that I had planned that I was going to. We we're going to sit down and we we're going to basically just go through a primer for the Grateful Dead, and just ran out of time. But that was. It, it just threw the whole schedule off. So, yeah. So it was, uh, uh, so thank you for, yeah, no for, for making for it here. Uh, also, me. thank you for making a uh, damn good album. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, it's, uh, was it Michigan Lilium? Lilium, yeah. Lilium. It's coming out when? July 24th. July 24th. Yes. Got it a few weeks ago. Been listening to it. I'm like, ah, you know, you've fallen into the, uh, the thing about DC musicians. Just keep making good albums. I think we're just, you know, I hope and trying. It seems to be a tradition that's up and coming. Uh, Oh, good. Yeah. I mean, there's more and more. I mean, you you took a or you were at the show for the North Country last night. I love their their record that they put out this year is one of my favorites that I've heard in a long time. Uh, Last night we were not just not just local music. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Well, that's actually it's it's weird because uh, that one and the Louis Weeks album. Oh, yeah. uh, Are both. In my like best of the year so far, not just like local. It's just like just across and, the board. and it's unfair to even be like, well, this is just a local thing. They made better records than a lot of people. Than a lot of people, a lot of people that you heard, yeah. Uh, we were at uh, both at Type Fighter last night. Is yes. another band which I joked like we could just talk about Type Fighter all. Yeah. Uh, last night you're like, so that's what the podcast is going to be. Yeah, about. yeah. I mean, well, <laughs> I mean, like, it's, no problem. It's Let's weird. rehash the show because we both know uh, Ryan Scoops. I mean, you know, you know all those guys in band. It's always weird. Well, I, I only know Scoops. Oh, you actually. only know Scoops? Yeah, because mm-hmm. I, I know him from uh, Justin Jones and the B-Sides. Yes, one of your many bands. Another yeah. thing we'll get to talk about. Great. Um, so, uh, but yeah, it's it's always weird to see a band like that make a conscious decision to be like, we're not going to be doing this. Right, yeah. It seem, it, you don't often see that no. in the like local scene, too. Yeah. You know? Bands aren't like we're retiring, and then they have a reunion right, tour. Right. You know, I'm waiting for the Type Fighter reunion tour. Already. And I really, I hope they can like get the you know cash grab on that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Seventy five bucks at Rockmore Hotel Type sure. Fighter reunion. One uh, time, one night only. But uh, for now, every year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're coming back again. Uh, yeah, that. Uh, yeah, for now, uh, they're dead though. Which yeah, is sort of... that was really sad last night when he uh, he said, "Thank you for coming. We were Type Fighter." Yeah. Yeah, but he's got we were. he's got two other bands I think beside that, and uh, all those guys are playing in a, in a ton a of other bands. projects. So yeah, you know, I don't I don't think it. Yeah, we'll be seeing a lot of Ryan. And oh stuff. yeah, no, they're not just gonna like go underground. Yeah, yeah, and, like live in their holes. Right, right. <laughs> um, There's always more music to be made. There is. Uh, so let's talk about your music. Okay. Well, okay, where are you coming from? Where did the uh, where did a uh, young Sarah Curtin? Just wake up and say, "Hey, I think I might want to do this music thing." I I am from here. Okay, so you're I don't from, know oh, if you knew that. I yeah, didn't. I am from here, from uh, the Tenley Town, French Heights area. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. And, um, so native, uh, DC native. For folks in government. My dad works for the EPA. 
Oh. Yep. Okay. He's the dead the dead head. Okay. <laughs> makes all <laughs> the makes, sense. That makes sense. Environmental lawyer. Um, and my mom is a musician. Okay. So I grew up with music in the house mm-hmm. always. She's a director, uh, music director, right. church stuff and musicals and choral uh, directing. Oh. And so uh, and she does her share, her fair share of arranging too. So when she's, you know, writing out parts, she writes for violin, trumpet, you know, bass, oh, wow. guitar, piano, any, you know, anything that yeah. comes away, yeah, flute, yeah, yeah, yeah. clarinet, whatever. If someone's like, hey, I want to play for this show and... Or this, you know, Christmas, but I play the French horn. My mom is like, okay, here we go. (laughs) Here you go. (laughs) Time to write a French horn part. Right. Um, And so that's kind of the environment that I grew up in. My dad is a rock lover, historian, and and just music everywhere. I see you have, oh, he has a Hofner bass. Yeah. Uh, He has a a Hofner bass and, you know, all the huge Beatles fan too. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, and then my mom, there was always live music playing in the house too. And my brother's a musician. So his yeah. band was always practicing in the basement. So it was kind of never, it wasn't like a wake up. Oh, I think I want to do this. This is what our family this does. This is literally who I am. <laughs> right. This is what I was born into and with. So wow. yeah, it would have been more of a choice to say, I am not going to do music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, it's been weird to just say, I'm going to go be an accountant. Yeah. Fuck you yeah, guys. I'm, I'm rebelling. Just, I'm just going to go and do my own thing. Um, but that probably would have been smart, you know? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I think I mean, musicians, I think we should have all had to take some kind of, you know, business classes and accounting classes. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been there, great. There is, there's definitely that side to it. I mean, it, you know, I have a lot of empathy for anybody who, who decides to go into this full time. Uh, Stuff. I mean, yeah. the paperwork is, you know, crazy. Yeah, because, I mean, and there's a lot of arguments about, like, how, like, the streaming argument, how much you get paid, this, this. But the reality is, you know, it's, it's marketplace driven. So, like, if it doesn't matter if you're good or not, a lot of times, it's just if people don't get it, like, you technically don't have a job. And that's, yeah, that's a really hard. If a tree hard... falls in the forest, right. <laughs> no one's there to hear it, you know? It's this, it's that sort of thing. It's, yeah. you know, yeah. yeah. Um, I know I, I struggle with this new record. I struggled with, um, you know, the choice about the streaming services yeah. and what to do with all of that and realize, you know, maybe maybe if I were Tom York, I would be able, I have the luxury to um, to make that choice sure. and be like, yes, I'm going to take my stuff off because everyone already knows that you're putting out music. But, yeah. you know, I ultimately came to the decision that, it it's not hurting me. It's not. You know, and I, it just it, it won't. It won't. We, we actually nobody. It, yeah, yeah. Well, no, no. It, it, we actually talk a lot about uh, that on on this podcast mm-hmm. and stuff. And uh, that's the thing. It, it doesn't hurt you, and it brings in extra money. I mean, if you, well, I wouldn't go that far. I don't think it, it brings it has in the extra money. It has the potential because I don't consider the streaming service like paycheck to be right. No, no, no. Money yeah, yeah, or yeah, anything. Yeah. Um, but you know, it it might bring extra people to the show, and, and that's what I was. Maybe, that's what I was getting to. Be, yeah, because people are able to share. I don't use the streaming services myself, right. but I um, but I know that people are able to share and make playlists. They are. And send them to their friends, and that way their friends who yeah. don't just buy albums yeah. on Bandcamp, you know, to hear them once, right? Like I do, yeah. Um, then they they'll maybe come. 
Yeah. And maybe they'll buy it live. Maybe they'll buy it. And, and, and I think that's records. what a lot of people do. And, and the fact that you could I be. Hope. That's my hope. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that you could be listening to the Beatles when they, and then just be like, oh, who's this Sarah Curtin person? Right. Like that technology, I think, is uh, anytime you can expand a, a person's like vocabulary musically and stuff, it there are clearly negative consequences yeah. today. They, it's not figured out, but. I understand, the, like, the dream, the goal is yeah. really nice to, like, have somebody listening to the Beatles and then my song come up. Yeah. And then they would go to my website, see where I'm playing, buy my record, like me on Facebook. Yeah, that, that whole path, if you can I see, get it. Like, that's, like, the dream, you know. Mm. But, you know, I, I'm not delusional. I know that that doesn't happen all the time like with everyone with, listening. With every, yeah, 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 true. So, so I uh, grew up in a musical family. Yeah. When did you start actually getting out uh, in front of people and saying, you know, hey, this is... Well, I was a performer my whole life. So I mm-hmm. did, you know, theater. I grew up singing in church and I was a soloist mm-hmm. in these groups My as far back as I can remember, like as far back as, you know, I was able to stand up and be in front yeah. of people. Um, but... Then I, I think writing, I mean, so that that's a different thing. So yeah. performance was comfortable for me. Um, just again, one of those things I never thought you twice never, about, yeah, yeah. you know, that was just what I did today. Yeah. And then, um, but then writing music came later. Uh-huh. I, I did, you know, learned the guitar in high school and learned my favorite Ani DeFranco songs right. and Dispatch right. songs. Yeah, yeah. And um, Sublime songs, you know, first <laughs> songs I learned on the guitar. <laughs> Yep, and um, and then which, which sublime song? Well, I learned their version of "Rivers of Babylon," mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and I, you know, I had friends okay. in chorus, and we could sing all the harmonies together. Yeah. So that was great. And then, um, and then, uh, started writing my own music in college, and that's sort of when I started, uh, you know, leading bands and playing yeah. in bands and stuff. Yeah, and you've been in a few now. I've been in a few, a few, been, uh, a few bands. Sweater set. Yeah, uh, that's like the that's the main one. That's been the main one for seven years. About yeah. seven years now. This is still crazy. Active? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This is just. Yeah, we played Thursday and Friday night. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, sweater set's really active. Um, and Maureen and I grew up singing in church together. Here, we're both local. Okay. And we've so we've been singing together our whole lives, basically, right. and uh, performing together. So. Where deep our connection is deeper than yeah, you know, yeah, band, for sure. For you know. sure. Did she play the show that I saw you at the house show? Was she singing? She there? sang on one tune yes. at that show. Yeah, and yeah. she's gonna sing at the release. Oh, yeah. Excellent. She's not on the record. I did all the vocals on the record, okay. but she's gonna sing them live. Yeah. Okay. Because she's great, right. and I can't split myself into yeah. three people. So right, right, exactly. <laughs> so you got that. You got uh, let's see, Justin Jones and the B sides. Yeah, that's like, recent. More recent. Yeah. Been only you know been singing with him for a year, almost a year. Did you know? Did you know him before? Or? I I love Justin's yeah. music. Yeah, loved him. Yeah, he's he's got a good thing going on. Yeah, and, he's and great. That, his songs are brilliant. His voice is incredible. You know, it's just a great guy. I I, I saw you guys. Uh, I forget who you were opening for, but it was at Gypsy Sally's. Might have been Nikki Lane. Yeah, yes. yeah. Uh, that was fun. That no was a fun show. No offense to Nikki, but you guys blew her off the stage. Yikes. It was no, because it's like you said. Like you, I, I think that's almost the songs are just the songs. So are, the songs deep, are great. They're you, meaningful. You know, you guys are like a super group, and like I think you and like Margot work. Like it's just like, and I actually finally saw Margot uh, mm. Friday night or th- Thursday night. Oh, cool! For the first time at DC Nine. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I was like, Good Lord, the voice on that. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, and. Yeah, so it just all works around things. So yeah, it's a luxury to have 
um, backup singers. <laughs> yeah. Do you, um, it's great. I so, love, it's really fun for us too. Loadout is amazing. I'm used to, in the sweater set, I'm used to bringing everything. with Maureen, you know, we play like 10 instruments yeah. and we have them all lined up and Loadout is a total bitch. And then when I play with Justin, <laughs> like, you know, Peace. we, yeah, everyone's, we just, they turn off the mics and I grab my tambourine. I'm like, good night. <laughs> Walk out the club, out the front door. <laughs> <laughs> Do you, uh, identify like as, cause like you wrote, rewrite all the songs yeah. like on this album. Uh, you obviously sing all the songs. Do you identify more as a singer or more as a writer or do you sort of mix the two? Um, identify? Well, it's... That's tough. I guess I'm a yeah, singer, it is, I'm a it's, singer it's a weird first. Question. I'm a singer yeah, first. Okay. Um, but it's impossible to divorce. For me, like the voice, mm-hmm. my voice is both the sounds and what I'm saying. Yeah. So the voice in my voice is, you know, the content mm-hmm. and the form combined, I guess. Yeah. No, no, no that makes um, sense. But yeah, I, I mean, I, since I was singing before, it's the most natural thing for me to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and instruments came afterwards. Right. Yeah. So how does that, how does that like inform like, or does it inform at all? Like how you write? I write um, singing. Yeah. I write singing all, and playing. <laughs> the harmony well, no, and melody people, at the same time. No, I, I write if, um, and the lyrics, the melody, and the instrument, yeah. the like skeleton of it together at the same time, and just sort of repeat it until the right words come out and the right phrasing. So you're you're uh, more focused, would you say, like on the whole thing, or just like certain? I get. I guess I, I've, I've started thinking about like how people. I guess identify like their roles in bands and stuff mm-hmm. and what they do. And if you take somebody like, uh, say, like a singer, like say, like Kelly Hogan, who just clearly identifies as a singer, as so a singer, everything yeah. she's going to do is based on that. And that's a slightly different skill set than say like me as a, a guitar player, right? Which I'm going to do that. And so yeah. it's like I've been wondering like like how that uh, influences in the music that you get off of this because I hear this record and I'm like, well. I, it sounds like a singer made it, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, because it. I think a lot of times uh, those parts can take a back seat. Mm. Um, where you mean like melody or just the way yeah. the vocals like weave and interact with the instruments and stuff? Yeah, um, yeah. I guess I mean I have a very core respect and understanding of right. the voice as the instrument. So, like, as an instrument, and not just like the top something that goes over the instruments, it is one of them, right? And so, yeah, yeah, because uh, I think what's the song uh, on the easy way? Mm. Well, that one's very vocal. <laughs> it is very vocal, vocal heavy. It's, it's actually one of my favorite uh, tracks in the album. Oh, cool! You start thanks. You start with this. Um, I don't know if if a hook would be the right way to do it but it's like an earworm Oh, 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 oh,
was that just multi-tracking? I think that I um, said just saying it mm-hmm. and then saying the harmony. Yeah, just multi-tracking. I mentioned Margot before because she does all her stuff looping and stuff, and, yeah. it's, a, and it's a different way. And I've seen a lot of singers uh, do stuff like that. This though. It, like it's not quite percussion. It's not like, but it sort of is. But it sort of is, well, and it's yeah. a genius way. That's why, and also why I asked about the singing because it's a genius way to write a song, and it's something that like a percussionist wouldn't think about to have the beat be yeah yeah the voice right. Well, yeah, I mean, and that might be just sort of working with my own limitations yeah. because I'm not a drummer, and mm-hmm. so I'm. I'm doing the hand percussion and adding, you know, the right. shaker in and out and the tambourine in and out, but, and the snare in that one too. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, yeah, the voice is, uh, is a percussive thing. You know, when we're not singing words, we're singing bops, you know, yeah. and whatever. And, uh, you know, I think that's a direct, uh, you know, result of my, experience with singing choral music yeah. and acapella music and listening to a shitload of dirty projectors <laughs> and being like, wow. No, do it. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah, I, I love dirty projectors, love uh-huh. his records and, and those vocalists. And they're just, it's such a creative way of using the voice. And I'm, you know, and I was like, yeah. yeah. Oh, good. Then I can use my choral, right. you know, education to to, act- to do it and in rock songs or whatever like right. it doesn't have to be musical theater it, you know it's, right, it's right, whatever right, right. and but so you you say it's a genius way of, which is very uh, no, kind, I, building a song or writing a song but it didn't I didn't write it that way right okay. I wrote it um, the words the you know the chorus the verse the yeah, yeah. ooh chorus there's not really a chorus and then the poppy beetle bridge yeah. And then when and then I laid that down, and this is Easy Way is the oldest song on the record. Oh, okay. I wrote it four years ago, and yeah. um, it has gone through some changes, of course. Yeah, but, sure. Um, but the skeleton was there, and then I laid it down, and then was experimenting with the kind of you know very steady metronome like guitar picking part, mm-hmm. and how the vocals could play off of that, and so the. They kind of they come in on the offbeat, yeah, and I put that through the song as like an accent in the background. Like I like it when songs have like little doors that open mm-hmm. in your you know headspace, listening to them in headphones, and then yeah, all of a yeah. sudden they're coming out of the la- like you know you just didn't see it coming. And, yeah, and I really like that when I listen to music, so I you know put that yeah, on my it, own. It's it's like a recurring theme, and like uh, obviously the lyrical content is is what's important in that. And right, well, but well, but maybe it's maybe it's that it's, it's, maybe it's that persistent right because you know you, gnawing, and like you say, you forget about it. <laughs> Yeah, and you hit the bridge, and you're like, and then and then, and then how it, comes it back. and yeah. then it starts like I as I was actually listening to it, it was out uh, in the yard today, and it's like you notice it starts coming into the guitar, echoing it, and then right. everything, and then you are like, wait, what's actually important about this song? Yeah, yeah, and it's, and it's totally unexpected. Yeah, it's totally it's, you know that's sort of thank you. Um, yeah. Well, the the intro was the last thing that I made, oh. so I was listening. I think it came up. I think it came about when I was listening to the vocals and um, that part. Oh, 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 yeah. and tr- and listening to them, and then adding the harmonies and making sure that they were in tune. Yeah. So I was soloing all of it. Yeah. Just listening to it in my head, and I was like, "Well, that sounds cool." Right. So I lopped off in this way that the intro I didn't sing. Oh no, I did. I did because I wanted it to be punchier than it is in the. 
in the okay. actual verse. So I went to the beginning, pushed everything back, you know, eight bars or 16 bars or however long it is. And then, you know, just jumped right in without a beat to mark the downbeat, without right. something to mark the downbeat. So if you're listening to it right off the bat, you don't, you think you know what the downbeat is. You think it's, oh, oh, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the guitar comes in and it realizes it's, oh, oh, right. oh. So that's kind of fun for me too. Is like confuse the listener. Well, it, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> get fun. It's, really disorient. You know the whole space, right? And then bring it. You know, lock it in with that bridge that kind of has nothing to do musically with the rest of the song, right. and then and then bring it back and disorient again. <laughs> yeah, well, I think well, disorienting is, is doing a, a disservice. I think I think what anytime you can accomplish something like that, it's uh, if music or art is the point is to sort of you like on an adventure in your head mm-hmm. or an escape like by doing that I mean, that that's exactly what it does yeah. you're all you can't listen to me like i'm not really sure about this song you're like whoa this is like super fucking interesting <laughs> and but that kind of listen to response too like, yeah yeah you know, but you know and then you're like and then all of a sudden you've got the other thing going on and, and it's uh i mean it you can't turn it off when you listen to it well, like, I, have, you. I have to see <laughs> where this, this resolve? is yeah yeah where, where does this go what's going on oh, God. um you know so and, it's like playing it live is like being on a train i can tell you it's like yeah because the timing train. oh the timing and and just you know things build add 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 yeah. and then drop and then build add 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 and really when you get into it there's no with the full band there's like no stopping yeah <laughs> um it's one of the weirder songs to play solo because I'm hearing right. so many things, but the only thing that's coming out is a little picking guitar and the vocal and the words. yeah, yeah, and, and you know what it is. It's pretty crazy. To theoretically, hear, to if people solo. have heard it, they will they, know what it is <laughs> they too. They might have heard it. So too. really, you don't have to do any of the work. Just stand up there and be like, guys, yeah, imagine, imagine this song. <laughs> imagine I was doing this and this, and it was super awesome. Yeah, well, and and like you you brought up, you know, the looping looping station. Yeah. When I recorded it, I did experiment with a loop station for that part mm. so that I could have that going while I was singing the verse yeah. and then jump in and out of that part. And, you know, it, it worked and it was fine, but I just realized that it was like too much for me to deal with yeah. live. Yeah. Doing the singing and playing the guitar and worrying about all of these right. vocal parts and the songs are a little bit like wonky. Some of them, you know, I no, I don't relax into many of my own songs, right? <laughs> which is right. <laughs> really frustrating and challenging for me because I'm a guitar player, like second. So I have right. to work really hard to play the songs that I wrote for myself, and then I curse myself uh, for writing things that I couldn't play. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I guess that's good. At least you don't have my problem. Everything I, I write sounds like Boston. <laughs> it's actually not a problem for me. No, no. It's perfect for me, but uh, you the rest, love it. That's what rest of the world, maybe not so much. That's okay. Um, another song off this record that I uh, found myself really drawn to was uh, Someday. Oh, thanks. It, um, wow. And I don't usually get to talk about these two. Yeah, so yeah, that's yeah, fun. Yeah, um, but I guess what drew it to me and, and what I'm finding uh, on repeated listens to this album is uh like any good songwriter doing their due diligence like you deal with a lot of like heartbreak and, and everything mm-hmm. it never gets oppressive though like <laughs> some people do. is that intentional or is that um well someday is not about me 
Okay. So, <laughs> well, and then there so you maybe go. <laughs> um, I wrote it for a friend of mine who's going through a really hard time um, and also with heartbreak, with love, you know, issues yeah. and being really far away from family um, and like new baby family too. And, and also in law school <laughs> at the same time. Oh. And it was just like, literally everything was just piling up at once and, yeah. and I was feeling for her. And so, you know, I wrote this for her sort of, Nice. you know, yeah, I, mean, I waited a year before I sent it to her because I wanted to send it to her when the, she was happier. The, 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 <laughs> but, um, but I did. And she, I don't want to make you cry. It. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, the, the line about the uh, the the cold cup of coffee. Oh, so, yeah. I mean, that's just that's just a gorgeous line, and Thanks. like you and you get into this stuff that is like, uh, um, it shouldn't be unexpectedly like dense and packed in and stuff, but it's so <laughs> evocative. Uh, like right there that you don't get in a lot of songs. Like it's not it's not a platitude. So even when it's not about me and the other ones, um, I think most, most of the other songs have a more first person Mm -hmm. narrative, my own personal experience. I write pretty confessionally and not very nice about myself sometimes. Um, but I, I try to, uh, to write as visually as possible Mm -hmm. and as true as possible. Mm -hmm. So those things you know, that line, the coffee in that song and the dishes yeah. in the sink and, you know, laundry piling up. Those are things that I actually, you know, my friend told me about. Yeah. And so they were real details yeah. that did happen in a situation that was real, you yeah. know. So I'm not, I'm trying not to just pull random shit out of the right, air. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, but, you know, that's, I think from studying lyrics and inadvertently studying lyrics too, like, Mm -hmm. you know, listening to Joni Mitchell before I really knew what studying lyrics was, you know, and then, and now when I listen back, I'm like, well, why is this so evocative? Like trying to break it down and trying to get maybe a little too heady about it. Um, But that's something that, that Maureen uh, in the sweater set that she really like instilled in me, I think early on in the band, I'm not sure I ever told her this, but maybe she'll hear it on the podcast. Yes. Um, that she was a poetry major and when we would exchange songs, mm-hmm. she would always like make a point to tell me lines that she liked that I had written and why. Like, oh. well, it's really visual and it's great. It like paints the actual, like a picture right. instead of just being sort of like, oh, I'm sad. It's like, well, you can say that you're sad, but it's right. more effective to just have a, a visual of something that is sad or like right. something that is beautiful rather than being if, like, look at this. It's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. If there, there, cause there's universal, uh, we all share like just a bean, you know, mm-hmm. we, we all go through the same things. Yeah. Whether the, the specifics may be different, but, uh, 
I think when you can hit on that, like I've been listening a lot to the uh, Jason Isbell album. Sure, yeah, and I just heard it once this week. It's so I haven't I haven't like picked it apart you yet. You will, yeah, and, and I will, and it's but like this song, I and like no shit is on the level of what he's doing. I think mm. because if you listen to that humble bow, <laughs> if you listen to that uh, a lot, um, the first time you're like, oh, it's good, but it's just like this, this, and you get deeper into these things, and and then you start like you know, Marine, you know, yeah. pulling out lines and seeing why they work and why they work, and like. Uh, you know, I'm from the South, so I can relate to certain stuff he is. Same thing with yeah. Casey Musgrave stuff. Sure. I, and uh, it's it seems weird that people don't necessarily do that a lot. And they go for they the platitude. Yeah, I mean, do you, I mean why do you think people don't? like? I think they don't know. Maybe maybe they're not thinking about the lyrics, as, you know. <laughs> I, I truly don't know. I think that that's what like, maybe yeah. separates, you know, a lyricist. Yeah. You know, as a different thing, like you're saying, like, do you identify more as a vocalist or more as, a, mm-hmm. you know, I think that people sometimes if they identify with like the whole sound mm-hmm. and feeling, then maybe the nitpicky the words stuff, like, yeah. aren't like totally important. And maybe and that's fine. And yeah, you know, and some music really doesn't need a like fine toothed comb right through and it doesn't need to be lyric. like a david foster wallace like no, exploration of, no exploration uh, of yeah. like the human psyche like yeah, it doesn't yeah, you know it, yeah. sometimes it doesn't need to be that that yeah. deep and um you know and i think i do that i do that on one of the songs i think i, I think v-day mm-hmm. um is not as combed and it's a little bit more generic a little bit more like i mean lyrically though they all all the things that i mentioned I relate to personally and I have a, vi- a personal mm-hmm. visual for them. I'm just not saying like, oh, perfume, blah, women wear perfume. I'm thinking of mine. Right. The one, you know, right. but, um, but were it's you... not as like, yeah, I, I guess it's, it's more broad. Yeah. So it was Vida. Kind were, of intentionally because you... it's like romance, you know, it's supposed to be. Right. But were you watching an 80s rom-com perhaps when you wrote that? <laughs> I don't know. It well, is. The sound is. Um... Oh, when I like produced it, you mean? Yeah, so you listen, you get to the album, and it's it's interesting throughout this album how certain things like evolve, certain sounds you yeah. didn't notice were there, and it's like, uh, I mean, Careless is like a straightforward thing, but like you get to uh, Someday and Summer and stuff, it's a little more uh, mysterious mm-hmm. in the background stuff. That, uh, you get to it, I'm like, uh, somebody really likes Berlin, like, <laughs> take my breath oh, away. Oh, that's funny. Um, I, I wasn't, like, I, I you know, I, that wasn't the idea, but I did... Um, I did arrange it and make a beat for it. I made mm-hmm. the beat on um, an old like 80s Yamaha keyboard. That would explain it. That explains the sound. And I just really love the warm synth like string sound.
that song I wrote and the sweater set's been performing it for years. Right. Acoustic ukulele, two voices. Oh wow. No percussion, yeah. nothing. Yeah. Um and and so I just turned it upside down and played yeah. it entirely on the keyboard. Live we add guitars. Sure, you know? sure, sure. Um but you know, I just I just was having so much fun, like making a beat. Yeah, yeah. And uh and pulling from, you know, hip hop and R and B influences that I have listened to forever. I don't only listen to Joni right, Mitchell. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, and, you're, you're not the sad, you know, Joe lies when he, he no, cries. No, no, I corner. listen to like, yeah. you know, Prince all day, every yeah. day. Not on and streaming services anymore. Not, <laughs> no, well, I have the records. Yeah, so. yes. um, yeah I, I don't know. But then the keyboard that I have, again, like using yeah. within your limitations, like that's the keyboard that I own. Because that's the one I grew up with at my parents' house, and I took it from their house. And those strings are the best sounding. <laughs> like they're, they're amazing because so they don't sound like strings. Yeah, it's they like... don't. And it's not supposed to be strings. You know, right. the new synths that you know the big big keyboards uh, that people are playing. You know, and they're like really accurate piano Nord sounds, Electros, really yeah. accurate strings. And I'm just like, well, but it's a keyboard still. Yeah. You know, and and I can now hear that you're playing a keyboard trying to play strings. So I kind of like. I like oh, yeah, the yeah. other one. I, it's like strings. Like, no, it isn't. <laughs> that, that is like my, my central wheelhouse, that type of stuff. And I was just like, oh, no. <laughs> like, well, uh, you hit the nail on the head. Yeah, it's well, a 1982 well, Yamaha like, you, whatever. You should lobby uh, for that to be in the credits of Top Gun 2, which they're making. So. Yeah, that's very funny. I, I remixed another song of mine that's <laughs> not on the record yep. um, that was an acoustic, slow, like acoustic song that again the sweater set played and um we still play it's on one of our records and uh and i made like a dance remix of it with the same <laughs> one it's just this, like heavy it's a little yeah it's a little poppier sounding sure. than v-day it's not as smooth it's not right. as r&b um this is just like you know real real keyboard like 80s really yeah. 80s much 80s or 80s year um and uh, you know i put it out i like tweeted it out being like and if anyone knows, you know, mm. the music director for The Breakfast Club, right. like, <laughs> right. just, you know, pass this along for the remake. <laughs> um, do you ever see yourself uh, on a record going full on, like, spastic as far as the... Because, I mean, it sounds like you can do, like, many different... It's fun. Like, different genres and stuff. Do you ever see just making a record where it's just all over the map? Like in one in like one all, record. It, well, I did I not did I? I feel like I sometimes there, when there I listen are, there, to this, there, sometimes there, I feel are, like but, I did there, there's accidentally. There's a core to to Michigan Ilium, oh, well, uh, that, that it sounds like you. One and it sounds like yeah, and, and it's very cohesive. Um, but like as far as like you could have, uh, I don't know, a hip hop song in the middle of it. Like, would you go that, like, experiment with your own sound that much? Or I mean, sure. I feel yeah. like, you know, why, why not? Yeah. V-Day was such a such a transition, new direction, mm-hmm. you know, for me. And it started, again, just like I was having fun. I had a day off, and I decided to make a beat, which I'd never made. Yeah. And then, you know, and I was like, ooh, now I can Now you are a this. beat maker. Now I am a beat maker. <laughs> but I've only made the one beat. <laughs> it's okay. But, you know, uh, and then I think... So that song, I mean, having that song and recording Careless, which is, you know, just straight ahead rock or like country Americana rock kind of whatever. Um, And Someday too, Mm -hmm. uh, having to create a thread 
between all of the songs to make it sound I'm so like I'm so humble like humble that you said that it's cohesive I'm like so grateful um yeah I mean because, well, <laughs> yeah because it, they, it I don't think it was it wasn't and so I, I decided in your mind it's not like well no it, I I don't think it was okay. I tried when I first had these skeletons of the songs I was like well they're really different like V-Day is really different right and it's reminiscent of summer sure, sure. in a way because it's a slow kind of more like sexy groove mm -hmm. you know vibe but it's nothing like garden of ghosts yeah. or the easy way which is nothing like right. any of the other songs so i think when i were was working on it and this is maybe why it took so long was um i you know really wanted to be pointed about instrumentation so mm -hmm. i didn't deviate i use the same instruments on the whole record yeah. and the same setup the same mic stuff um the, you know yep. doing it all at way home. to do it and the same vocals mm -hmm. so i you know the vocals at least and the arrangement of the vocals the harmony yeah. the way the you know parts that i chose octaves i did a lot of octaves on this record and fifths instead of like major thirds right um and um and so i tried to I tried to create a thread using like that same keyboard sound in V-Day is the sound in Sweet Dreams that opens the record. Right. So that kind of was my way of recalling, you know, connecting those two songs. Mm -hmm. In my mind, every song on the album has a sister song. Oh. And I and I like tried to and sometimes the genre isn't perfect and sure, you know, sure, matched, sure. perfectly matched. Yeah. But I tried to uh, arrange them in a way that they were complimentary, even if the genre was like a little bonkers. Right. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. So thank you. Yeah, no, <laughs> that's a good, really it's hard. a good way. I mean, yeah. Sequencing you, is impossible. Sequencing is hard. And it's, it's also because, uh, you should like the power, uh, and, and usefulness and just necessity of an editor, I think in a producer in anything like you, you can't ever, sometimes you just can't, get the full picture you know so if you uh did who did you produce this or oh if you uh well then you pulled off a very <laughs> good trick um, <laughs> oh, because thanks. that is hard and you and you know an artist can sit there and be like this is gonna be like this 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 and just not see it in, a, in not able to see it in a context and that's not that's uh not good or bad. It just it just is, it just and that, is. well, that's like all of life too. Yeah. You know, we're too close to the project, right? And that might have been another reason why it took me so long to do this. Yeah, was because I was, you know, I'd work obsessively on, you know, some of the songs mm -hmm. for three months, and then be like, yeah, this is shit. Yeah, I'm like, you know, yeah. and and it probably was because it didn't have context. Yeah, I didn't have the full vision yet yeah and so i kind of had to like keep chiseling away like it's a little bit cheesy but using that michelangelo yeah you know saying like how he saw the art it was a block but he knew that the thing was inside of it and he yeah. just had to like find it in yeah. it like that's sort of you know i think yeah. that that's a really a really good way to look at making an album or making one cohesive piece yeah a lot of, some people I forget who said this is, is said uh, making an album is like you, you make this big blob, <laughs> and it's just a, and then you have to shape it, and then you have to shape it, yeah, and that's yeah. exactly what you, you know what you want to do if you're well, or you don't, you or, don't know yet, you don't know for you, sure, but you have, but you have it, an idea, you have yeah. the block, and then yeah. it's somewhere, and it's like you have to just 
take off the unnecessary pieces. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then sometimes put them back on because maybe right. they were necessary and you needed glue. Yeah. <laughs> you need a really good Something, glue. You know, yeah. ends up being a big fucking monster. I, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't uh, the only person who listened to the record though. Right. So I, you know, produced it and, and did the arranging for all of my parts um, before bringing it up to New York and adding bass and drums. Uh-huh. Which is like I think another kind of weird way to make a record is like doing bass and drums last. Well, yeah, that's pretty much the opposite. <laughs> it's the opposite of what engineers usually like, and what, the opposite of what bassists and drummers, and drummers usually like. Yeah. But so I so I knew that I was going to do that from the beginning. Mm-hmm. So I was very careful to you know map out my clicks and te- the tempo changes and all that stuff. Yeah. So I was very careful to make sure that it lined up, and it was recorded in like a you know a way that made would have made sense for an engineer. Yeah. So I didn't just... You know, where, where did you record this? Um, my parts? Yeah. At home. Wow. You know, like like this. Getting more impressive. <laughs> <It goes laughs> At home. home. My, um, I learned Pro Tools. My brother taught me how to use yeah. Pro Tools. He's an engineer also, so yeah. that's great. Yeah, you that just is. call him if I have a problem. And um, he taught me when I was living in New York, so mm-hmm. maybe like seven years ago, six, seven years ago. And then... I've been experimenting, you know, and yeah. arranging ever since. But I brought it up to New York to add bass and drums and worked with an amazing guy um, named Jeff Berner mm-hmm. at Galuminum Foil. And um, they just moved studios. They're housed now at Studio G, I think it's called. But um, but he's amazing. And so when we, I gave him, you know, my files, we added the bass and drums there. He... He, uh, he, we just clicked. Yeah. And so we mixed it. He mixed it there and I was home. I didn't mix it in the studio with him. So we, you know, went back and forth with bounces and mixes and, and we just, it just made sense. Everything that he was saying made sense aligned, you know, with what I wanted to say and didn't know how to phrase it or, Mm -hmm. you know, something. So I got really lucky in that the communication was so easy. Yeah. Yeah. With Jeff. How, um. And the bassist and drummer. I, I got like a dream team. I don't know if you know these guys, but I, they're was, wonderful. They again? They're no, wonderful. Yeah. Um, Spencer Zahn on bass. He mm-hmm. tours with um, Twin Shadow and Empress Of. Okay. And Ian Chang on drums. Mm-hmm. And he's currently now, he's on tour with Sun Lux oh, um, okay. and Landlady. Body Language is his yeah. other group. And um, they both play in an experimental jazz group called Father Figures. Yeah. Um, and I've known them and their group of friends uh, yeah. since I lived in New York as well. We we met in New York. And so I, I've wanted to work with them together. Mm-hmm. And since they play together, it's like a dream yeah. to have, you so, know, a, a pair come in comfortable with right, each that other. Al- they already had their they own They have a good dynamic. They're, yeah. you know, they play so great and they're both so creative. Mm-hmm. Um, and Spencer's on my first solo record too. So I've been okay. playing with him for years. And yeah, it was just... Like a dream come true. <laughs> I'm so excited. Beyond your brother, like, does your family ever get involved in like helping you out with this stuff? Besides the general encouragement. Encouragement, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Generally, very, very. Supportive. Your mom doesn't stand there. No, no, you're doing it wrong. Yeah, you're doing it well. She's, I mean, she's critical. She's got <laughs> okay. her. She's got her opinions. You right. know, she's like, turn that up, turn that yeah. down. Um, she's a. She actually laid down the clap track with me on the easy way. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so she's clapping on the record. <laughs> nice. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Your dad just doesn't like. He just critiques it as a fan. Yeah, he's a he's a fan. Yeah, he's a fan. Um, how long till the next record now? Oh my god, I don't know. <laughs> five years? No. Um, or how, no, I don't know. How pro- how prolific are you, a, a songwriter? It depends. It goes in you know waves. 
it goes in waves. I had a period, I think, you know, five years ago when I was writing every day mm-hmm. and just, you know, songs were popping out. And the sweater set too, we were putting out, we put out a record a year for four years. Yeah. And, um, and then my record came out in the middle of that, my first record. Mm-hmm. And now five years later, I have this second one. Yeah. Um, and there, you know, there are songs I chose not to put on this. Right. And there are songs that I've written since this has been completed, even though the record's not out yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it just all sort of depends on what you're working on. Like right now, I feel like I'm on a, you know, a train in publicity catching up and yeah. you know pr and like twitter but you've been getting some good press <laughs> yeah <laughs> which i'm still trying to crack <laughs> but yeah so you know it's i think going... twitter's just all about dick pics i don't know <laughs> maybe maybe it was like, maybe that's snapchat <laughs> yeah maybe it's snapchat um yeah so i i don't know i don't know what's what's gonna happen after but i'm really i'm really fortunate now to have um a band here in DC and we get to play live and I'm bringing them to New York for the release. So it's different, different bass and drum um, duo, Ethan foot on bass and Brendan Palmer on drums, Olivia Mancini on guitar and (laughs) yep. Super group and Maureen and Maureen singing vocals. So, I mean, and you know, Brendan from true, true. Do you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ethan plays with Marion McLaughlin. He has his own chamber music, you know? Yeah. Mary and I have actually uh, talked, a lot about Ethan. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And I've been playing with Ethan for years too. He's played with the sweater set a bunch of times. Oh. And and you know, now in this group. So it's it's a great very, very fortunate. You've, you've got the New York show which is coming up. Which yeah, will be, Friday. Which will be this Friday because this mm-hmm. is going out on Tuesday. Uh after that you've got a uh release show here in D C at yeah. the Rock and Hotel with the North Country. The North Country that's- and Stranger in the Alps. So that's Thursday, August sixth. <laughs> I'm so excited about that. When, yeah. You know, I just I knew I asked I asked uh, Andrew Grossman immediately when I when I booked that date. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Can you please do this show?" Yeah. <laughs> and um, and then I got to do the house show with Steve, yeah. with Stranger in the Alps, and luckily he's they're, great. Yeah, luckily they're uh, I, they were available too. Uh, we're, we're later this week. We're actually taping uh, a review podcast of of Isabel and uh, Casey Musgraves. We're doing both of them on the same one. Mm. I think Steve's going to be on the panel. Oh, cool! So, which great. is amazing because mm-hmm. I if. People don't know about Stranger Than the Alps, but he's also a journalist. Yeah. So he's a guy who thinks a lot about writing what we've been talking he about. He does. And he, it's very, it all comes back. DC, you know, yeah. is this crowd. He was the writer who wrote the first, like, big feature about the sweater set <laughs> in the Washington City paper when he wow. first moved here. Wow. It was like his first thing. And yeah. he, like, didn't know. <laughs> he, he confessed right. to me. He was like, I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> and then, <laughs> um, and so, yeah, so he interviewed us for a, a one track mind, like, city paper. That's awesome. Yeah, for our first record or second record or something. I forget when he moved down here. So, yeah, yeah so then it all, it all comes back, you know? Yeah. It's great. So, yeah, to, to that point, like, what do you think about, like, the DC scene going on now? It's, I love it. It's, <laughs> I love it's, it. I mean, like, no hesitation. Yeah, it's, you know, it's weird because it's been, it's always been here, mm-hmm. right? And I don't know if everything just came up at once and stuff. I don't know. I mean, there's, I mean, there were, so I, many I wouldn't, I wouldn't say, I think, I think that, you know, for me, I think that the music that's happening now is music that I would have listened to you know, had I lived anywhere mm-hmm. and, and, and that's unusual. That's sort of different, I think, because I'm not, I, I wasn't like, I didn't listen to punk growing up right? and I'm from here and that, so that didn't draw me in, yeah. you know? Um, and, 
I listened to Go Go growing up because that's yeah. what was here too, Absolutely. and I love it, and I love it. So that was great, um, and that's still happening. But it's the Go Go music is a, is different than when I grew up. It's like, yeah. you know evolved in a different way. It sounds sounds a little different. So um, I maybe not as I'm not as familiar with with it anymore. But you know there are just there have always been so many bands and such a strong yeah. music scene here, and it gets overshadowed. It, by by the well in the national eye <laughs> by other other uh, industries yeah that are here yeah but yeah this year I don't know I, I it's just people ask people ask me like what are your favorite records of your favorite bands of 2015 right. 2014 2015 and I'm like well they all live here and and that's yeah. not that's not it's it's not being like being like a, a good it's not part being of elitist. like I'm part of the scene and like no, I'm like these are I'm my friends like, and stuff you know, because yeah. yeah I mean right and and I'm really well because you know a lot of them weren't my friends right I didn't know Andrew Grossman right personally until I'd heard of him and I'd seen him play but right. I didn't know him personally until I listened to the North Country record and reached out to them on Twitter. And I was like, this is an amazing record. Yeah. And then we, you know, started yeah. talking and seeing each other places, you know, and yeah. out in the world. <laughs> yeah. And then did a show. I did the Bathtub Republic show at his house. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then asked them to do the release. I mean, but Wanted Man, another band. I don't know. I don't know <laughs> yeah. personally, but I'm obsessed with them. I And, I, and actually, I, I just. Uh, My friends make I'm, fun of me. I'm they emailing like Kenny because oh. I have flailed. To get him on the podcast, but oh. him and Scoops are, are in the now, so it's just like, oh yeah, that's I mean, so, like, just come over and hang out. We'll amazing, yeah. amazing. Um, I would love to be here for that. <laughs> I will. I will let you know. Please um, do. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, just saw his brother uh, oh, at yeah. that show. Yeah, at, open. For which, North as Country. a guitar player, let I me. Mean, I walked up to Andrew after their set, and I just looked at him and I'm like, I'm like, what the? Oh, it's Gus. It's a Gus cast. Hi, Kitty. Nope. Okay. Oh, he said hi. Yeah. That was nice. Hi. Um, I walked up to Andrew and I was like, I've been playing guitar for over 25 years. And I don't know what the shit <laughs> what just happened. Um, yeah, no, he's he's wonderful. He's amazing. Yeah. It's just, I saw him play um, open for Father Figures. So that brings oh, okay. it back to the group yeah, from yeah, New York. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I I think uh, you know a lot of the work that uh, Alex has done, uh, you know, with the house shows and stuff. And, oh, all, and mm-hmm. all these people, um, it's it's also I, the rise of the music blog. I really think the, that yeah. that makes it a thing. Um, you know, it's not as diverse as I like to see. Like you know, the shows and the the records represented on on all the blogs. Sure, sure, um, sure. Like across the board, and and the the scene well there's definitely the homogenous little pockets of that and uh yeah and i wish it was a little broader that's like um but you know i think that the blogs have like created a platform for people to hear bands mm -hmm. (laughs) to hear local bands i mean it's it's what's happened the blogs and band camp oh yeah well yeah but but you still have to know that a band exists to go to their band camp page these blogs and especially ones like DC Music Download you know doing like a five show per week it's like this turnaround this like you know here's what you can see yeah you don't have to wait for the top names to be on the going out guide right you know right Um, and that's still great and and well, there's you know, there's also power still, in, in just li- like say in just listing it, like yeah, you know, just we'll, listing it. Like, like we're really slack way, on our calendar, but this is what's happening. But yeah, it's literally like 
if I'm going out to a show, what would I be going to? Not uh, Hall & Oates is playing at the Warner Theater. Right. Even though that was on our calendar. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, I often, when I, I look at my calendar, you know, for the week, and I've been playing a lot this year. I feel like I've seen a lot of less live music because mm-hmm. I've been playing a lot. And uh, <laughs> and especially, you know, pl- singing now with Justin yeah. and doing gigs with Olivia um, and, uh, and, you know, forming this new band for yeah. me and this new record. Um, I, I see a lot more local yeah. music and, yeah. and that was a big difference for me. So I'll look at the calendar and be like, well, if I don't have gigs, like what am I, you know, what am I seeing this week? Yeah. And I'll list it on Facebook. I'll just be like this is where I'll be like Thursday, Friday, yep. you know, I'll be at DC nine seeing this band. I'll be, you know, rock and roll for the typewriter show, you know, yep. where who wants to go basically. Yeah. And that's, that's the best way to do it. Yeah. Um, and running into people. Are, is there going to be a, a further tour after these shows? Um, the New York, DC, Charlottesville. Okay. Um, oh, and uh, where, at, where in Charlottesville? At the blue moon diner yes. It is such a wonderful yeah. place. The woman who who runs Blue Moon is great, yeah. and the sweater sets played there a few times. And she inspired me, Laura Galgano. Mm-hmm. She inspired me to make a bacon lattice apple pie for my now fiance. Wow. I think that may be that may be why. The deal. Here's yeah. some bacon. You want to get it married? Was, you know, a lattice like yeah. woven, yeah. baked. It was delicious. Heart attack and a bite, but sure. delicious. Yeah. So I'm I'm excited to go back there, and then I'll do a so that's with the band, and then mm. I'll do a solo uh, show in Savannah after that. Oh, so it's just the, it's just the four dates for now. Hopefully, something in Baltimore in the fall, and then just keep playing. You know. Yeah. Um, oh, one thing that I wanted to say too about the oh, music yeah. the music scene. So like, the, and the diversity. I, I am so lucky and so grateful to Strathmore. Yeah. Because I was able to be an artist in residence there um, with the sweater set a few years ago. Okay. And they just pull from such a diverse group of musicians, you know, playing classical, playing mm-hmm. jazz, straight ahead jazz, playing free jazz, yeah. playing, you know, singer songwriters like us and, you know, people pl- doing loops and people doing, yeah. you know, crazy. Like Marion just did one recently. Marion was one last year. It's awesome. And, um, and so, you know, I'm, I'm really fortunate that I feel like I'm a part of two music scenes, you know, and getting to see and collaborate with people that I never would have yeah. met. You know, I was able to have a PhD, a doctorate, you know, violin and viola player on yeah, the yeah, sweater yeah. set record because I met her at, we met her right, at Strathmore, right. whereas we probably wouldn't have, you know, done that. Yeah, for sure. Before. I mean, it's, DC is, is. Oh, and Chris Bacon. I mean, you know, I just, we perform all the time with Chris and yeah. love him to pieces, Chris Styles. It, it's interesting because it, there is that and there is like, you know, we're talking about the, uh, you could honestly almost divide the scenes between across the river and like in town. And yeah. you're, oh, that's been interesting and, for me too. And you are though float because you play with Justin. With Justin you, and getting you to are, know Coward's Choir. Correct. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm really, and Beanstalk Library, I'm really excited about Lauren Calve. I mean, she's, she's yeah. amazing. I'm yeah. really excited about learning about these different right. scenes you know right. like the like columbia heights you know bands in the basement scene yeah, yeah. is wonderful and i didn't know about them yeah. before and then you know these americana bands that are just you know pro caliber absolutely best yeah best which is like the the, the iota scene <laughs> the iota scene like, i saw derek Avery for the first time a couple weeks ago oh, he's so good and he's so good blew me away yeah. you know and it's just it's great and i, I love yeah. seeing these bigger 
these bigger, you know, local show, local bills, like the 930 Club, mm-hmm. um, Johnny Grave, Olivia Mancini, yeah. Derek Avery. Which I hate because I'm going to miss it. I'm gonna I don't be hate it because too. I, I, don't, I hate it I'm because I'm going to be in Iceland, too. so I'm not going to hate oh, it that, that much. Sounds but, nice. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to be at the beach. It's okay. Like, yeah, it's but, okay. It's, it's okay. But I'm heartbroken that I won't be able to yeah. be there and support. You know. Yeah, yeah. That that whole lineup and that whole those, uh, especially the uh, misanthropes like Derek, uh, Aaron, who is like stepped up and recorded like all these bands. Mm. Like those all those albums that came out last year. Like Aaron help make cool uh and then ben tufts who just plays on every yeah, he's damn thing he's wonderful he's coming by on thursday too oh good we're gonna talk about uh you aren't playing his benefit are you no you should talk to him about it it's awesome it's it's a really try good to time. weasel my way onto that <laughs> yeah i don't think you would have to weasel too hard um yeah so we're about we're about an hour yeah wow so if you uh, for two people who don't really like talking i know so much, like i said really it, it happens <laughs> why well, after you leave i'm gonna collapse in a ball in the corner and just cry <laughs> uh is there anything please that, don't <laughs> no i'll have gus okay i'll have gus it's okay it's not not unheard of behavior here yeah um is there anything that you uh that we haven't hit that you want to plug like Go out oh, and buy your know. album. Oh, yeah, I mean, it'll be available everywhere. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. You know, my website is sarahcurtain.com. No mm-hmm. H, no A. Sarah okay. Curtin. Um, Should people contact you directly to express their love for this album, which they're going to have? Uh, yes, please. <laughs> There's a, like, you can send me a note on my website. There's a little place for people to email me right oh. from uh, right on the website. Nice. So, yeah, that's cool. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I will definitely be at the North Country show. Great. And uh, if you're listening to this, anybody, you should also be at that show. Uh, thank you again. August 6th. August 6th. And this Friday, which is, I'm bad with numbers now, the July 17th. 17th, New York at what venue? At Rockwood Music Hall. Rockwood Music Hall. 7 p.m. Right. And it's free. Yeah. And we're going to put this all in the show notes. Thank you so much for coming down. And, uh, thank you for having me. Really, come back anytime. What a pleasure. And you can come back when Steve's here. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> All right, there you go. Uh, that is uh, Sarah Curtin for you. Uh, told you it was great. Uh, it, was a, it was a good way to spend an afternoon talking with somebody who, who uh, really loves uh, what they do and loves sharing uh, what they do with the rest of you. Uh, so, uh, you know, show her some love back. The album is out. Michigan Lilium comes out uh, July 24th. Go out and buy that. Uh, we're, we're definitely going to be like tweeting and Facebooking and, and whatnotting about it when it comes out. But if you're in New York... Uh, this Friday, uh, go see her. Go say hi. Go say hey. I heard about you on this podcast, and you sounded awesome. So now I'm here. And if you're in DC, uh, join all of us here to uh, celebrate the release of this album on August 6th. Uh, that will be a uh, knockdown, drag out, awesome show. I can guarantee that. Um, that is about our podcast for this week. As usual, uh, if you like what you are hearing in general, uh, go ahead and uh, rate us in, in iTunes. You can subscribe to us in iTunes. Uh, you can listen to us. Uh, we put a download link in here, uh, but you can subscribe to us there. You can listen to us on Stitcher, maybe a couple other platforms coming. I don't know. Can you do it on Apple Music? Who knows? Um, in the next few weeks, uh, hopefully, like I said, mentioned before, we're going to be talking with Jimmy Rhodes. Uh, we're actually taping our podcast 
uh, reviewing the new Jason Isbell album and the new-ish Casey Musgraves album coming up. Uh, might have a visit from Ben Tufts here coming up. It's going to be a great month or so, and uh, so it's going to be fun. So, you know, if you if you enjoyed what you uh, heard today, then just uh, keep on tuning in. Uh, so we'll be back in about seven days. Until then, uh, remember, be good to your ears and uh, be better to your people. Uh, we'll see you later. Kenobi! <laughs> 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 <laughs>